Welcome. Welcome to the Rainbow Tree Therapies podcast. My name is Lisa Haverly. I will be your host, and I look forward to sharing with you tips and strategies on how to best support your family's mind, body, and heart. Thanks again for being here. Hello, and welcome to the next episode of my podcast. This is your host, Lisa Haverly, as we navigate how to best support families' mind, body, and hearts. And so I am excited today to introduce you to just a wonderful person, an amazing professional, someone who my own children had contact with way back in preschool. And so I'm excited to introduce you today to Carrie Jo Four. And she just has a long list of experience and credentials. I'm going to name a few and then I'm just going to ask her to share a little bit more about herself but she has a bachelor's degree in psychology. She has her administrator's credential. She's working on a parent coaching certification right now. Um, She is planning on getting her master's in education um, in family life. Correct me if I'm wrong there, Carrie Jo, but you can expand on that if you wish. She has been the director of a children's ministry at a church in Bloomington. She has been the director of Bethel Highlands Preschool since its opening in 2007, and so much more. Welcome, and thank you for being here, Carrie Jo. Um, I'm just so grateful for that. If you could just share a little bit about your current roles, who you are, what you love, what you're passionate about, I would so appreciate it. Sure. Well, thank you for having me, and thank you for what you are doing to support families during this time. I I think so often right now how... um, how stressful it is for our families to be um, having their children at home while they may be trying to work online and navigating through their own emotions through this tough time. So thank you for supporting that. Um, So at Bethel Highlands Preschool, where I've been the director since 2007 when we opened, um, I have been in early childhood education because I'm passionate about it. I'm passionate about the field. I'm, I'm passionate about child development. And specifically, I really love learning about the brain. And um, when we better understand development, we are better able to respond. So even though that child development piece seems very academic, when we understand that, we can respond better. So it all fits in perfectly um, with what we're doing. So um, over the course of my career with young children, I have developed more and more of a passion in working with the families as well. Um, And just seeing that uh, families nowadays just kind of need a pat on the back and say, you're doing a great job. It's hard to balance everything. And um, and trying to give families opportunities for um, learning about child development, for um, coming into community and Uh, being resources for one another and having support in that way. And so that has become more and more uh, a part of my role and meeting with families too to to discuss um, if there are some behaviors or some challenges um, that I can provide resources um, and support to navigate through that with as well. Um, And so uh, through this, my parent coaching program that I have been uh, going through this past year, I have learned a lot. I, I love to learn. Learning energizes me. And, and even though I've been in this field for 
30 years, something like that, um, I learn something new every day. And there's so much great um, research and science that supports the value in what we're doing. But um, learning through this parent coaching program, the effects of, of trauma, um, which I think speaks to what we're uh, navigating right now and how that is going to um, impact our approach to behaviors that may result. Um, but as well as the trauma, kind of understanding some of the uh, learning differences or the um, family dynamics that are all going to impact the way that we're dealing with stuff. Yes. You highlighted so many things that, I, that resonates with me. Um, knowing brain development, right? And how does a child learn? And what is the most, best approach to providing that kind of environment? Um, I'll have you speak more about that um, in a minute. But you also said something about um, trauma and how we respond to crises right now because families are all together right now because no one's going to school and people are trying to navigate this space at home. Um, if you could give a couple tips on how do we manage a crisis or how can we show up for our child when we might be ourselves triggered by maybe a past trauma or how to manage our own anxiety during this time because we are, you know, all navigating COVID-19 right now. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's a really great point is that with every interaction that we are engaged in, we're coming into that in interaction with our own experience. And that that may be triggering that, you know, something for us that might be hard to, to figure out. Um, so, I, you know, I think one important uh, piece of trauma to remember is that it's going to be a different experience for every person. So for, for some kiddos, this is going to be huge because things have changed. Things have, the, the routines have changed. Um, and then for, for some other kids, it might be a little smoother smoother ride. But regardless, this is a big deal for, for kids. And I think that the more that we can connect with them, talk about emotions, um, praise positive moments throughout the day and highlight those, um, and take a deep breath before we engage in those interactions. Um, it is important for parents to have their own outlets with one another. Um, or with a therapist. I think there are some therapists doing a lot of online sessions right now too. I think that's a very important piece of, of parenting through your own um, experiences that might be tough. Um, and so making sure that as a parent that you have your own healthy outlets, you have your ways of handling the anxiety that might be taking place during this time so that when you go into those interactions with kiddos, uh, you're able to um, do that as a parent um, yes. and as the, you know, one of my favorite um, analogies uh, is that we need to be the thermostat, not the thermometer. So as the kids are maybe fluctuating in, in, in hot and cold, we need to be the one that's bringing them back to equilibrium and back to being in that place of calm, um, which is hard. It's really hard to always have to, <laughs> Right. you know, be the parent, but um, making sure that we have our opportunities to talk about about our stuff so that we can uh, be fully present. Right. We call that for our um, kids and what they need. Right. At yep. Co-regulation, right? How we co-regulate with our child and we are the primary person that's in charge of kind of keeping it 
calm the best that we can. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And research is even showing that like with, with mirror neurons and that when kids are, are super on fire, that when we bring into that interaction a calmer uh, disposition and a calmer brain, um, their brain, like physically, uh, mm -hmm. you know, is calmer. It's really right. an incredible thing that um, science is now showing the importance of our uh, emotional state when we go into those interactions. So mm -hmm. one of the things that, um, a, you know, a, a real tool that I can talk about is um, square breathing. I don't know if that's a term that's familiar to everybody, but for me, it's helpful because it's quick, but it's very much um, something that I can easily remember. And it's the inhale to the count of four, hold your breath for the count of four, exhale for the count of four, hold your breath for the count of four. And so sometimes before I go into an interaction where it could potentially uh, be charged, um, making sure that I take that moment to breathe, remember that I'm the thermostat and head into that ready to be the calm. Right, right. Wonderful. I love those tips. And if you are a science person or a research person, do look up mirror neurons because it is truly fascinating. And so what's awesome is that all of these things that we've long known about child development um, are all very true and backed by science. So if you could speak to, so right now we have families that are trying to navigate, not by choice, kind of the homeschool situation, right? And what can you tell us about what's appropriate for a young child as far as how they best learn based on science. I mean, I know this, but I really want to hear it from you. <laughs> All right. Well, I, um, I love the fact that children learn best through play, through experiences, and through sensory experiences. So um, having worksheets for kids um, is, is a tough way for them to learn. Um, for preschool age. So um, as much as we can do, like if let's say you're working on letters, um, maybe have a tray of sand that they can trace letters with their fingers. <laughs> um, I'm giving her the thumbs up because, you know, <laughs> I'm all about that. <laughs> Keep <Yeah>. going. <laughs> yeah. Or even um, making letter formations out of blocks or with our bodies to make it very much more, you know, even more kinesthetic. Um, and so children do learn best through play. They learn uh, a lot. And especially right now when there's so many emotional pieces happening to role play. Um, so have, you know, act out a family or act out school and have your child be the teacher and um, that's another great way to learn what's going on with your child emotionally so that mm -hmm. you can respond um, in the best way. Um, so I, I think uh, through this time, what I'm trying to do for, for our students is I do a YouTube video each day with a story time um, just to give them some familiar, a familiar face, a familiar voice. Um, I end each story time with some questions that are for families to discuss together. It's not just questions about the book. Um, it's questions about different social emotional um, skills for the families to discuss. Um, I've also been trying to do some music classes online. So I, um, I think that music is an incredible um, tool for healing, for connecting, for, well, pretty much everything, but music also is a great way for starting conversations about emotions. And, um, and so I encourage families to have dance parties or to make instruments and have parades or to use music as much as possible 
um, throughout the day because that really can um, help open up some more discussions about about feelings. Awesome. I love that. So play, role playing, and music. Okay, those are the three things that I heard you say. So have fun with that, parents, those who are listening here. Okay, so we're going to kind of move on now, Carrie Jo, um, to I've been asking my guests to share kind of a personal story because a part of this podcast then is about recognizing that we all have storms or we all have moments in our life that can be extremely stressful and um, we have to figure out ways to cope with that stress or navigate that stress and you can do it as a reflection or just a personal share of, of a time in your life that you experienced a storm and how you navigated that. Absolutely right. Everybody has their thing and we have no idea what that might be. But for me, um, I, this was about, oh gosh, 14 years ago. Um, I have two little boys at that time. They were two and four years old. And my husband, their dad, went uh, to California for a work trip and chose to never come back. And so I was suddenly a single mom with two very young and very high energy um, (laughs) little boys and suddenly needed to figure out everything. Um, At that time, I was working part-time, but chose to remain working part-time and instead of opting for a higher paying job that would probably be, you know, provide more financial security, I felt the most important thing for my boys was that I was present and connected with them. And so we moved into a very tiny two-bedroom apartment, and, um, and things were, were really hard. I think um, what defined and changed everything for me uh, was in a moment of desperation um, or clarity, one or the other, um, I... Um, emailed some family and friends and said, I probably in all caps with exclamation points, I said, I can't do this alone. I need my village. I need help. Let's figure out a schedule when you guys can be involved and when I can have that help that I desperately need. And, um, and, that, and it happened. I had, I had support from that point on. And I am so grateful that I recognized that I needed to ask for that. And I think that that's so hard, especially for somebody who uh, is trying to be independent and trying to figure things out and um, to, to be able to say, I need you, I need my village um, can be a tough thing, but it changed my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, because my village did step in when I asked and supported, I was able to support others. And then at that point, I started a a support group for other single moms in the Bloomington area. And I, you know, I was able to then reach, reach others with that. Um, And so because of that experience, my, my passion for, you know, being there for parents, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a big part of it. That's a big part of why I believe so much in making sure parents know that they're doing great. I think every one of us is doing the best we can with what we have. um, And we can be very hard on ourselves sometimes. Yeah. Wonderful. And thank you so much for sharing that. I am just so impressed that people are willing to put themselves out there 
Um, because, you know, from the outside, you look like you have it completely all together, Carrie Jo. <laughs> but I do Thank think you. there is wisdom to be learned in any storm or any difficult situation. And when you're in the midst of it, you may not recognize it, of course, because it's really, really, really challenging. Um, but the one takeaway that I, I heard you say was that it's okay to ask for help. Um, and I think that, you know, given how much our culture values independence and doing it alone, um, that we need to kind of move away from that and that we are meant to live in community with other people and that we do need to ask for help um, and to recognize that, that it's okay to do that. Um, and so in your reflection now, 14 years later, is there anything else that you would um, suggest to families who might be living it right now, either going through a, a divorce by choice or any other kind of situation that where the family situation has changed? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think staying connected to your kids as individuals um, and making that a priority. I think when you take that time each day, every day to have a check-in, um, you know, in the morning and in the evening to have that time to check in um, when they can feel seen and heard um, by, by you as the parent. I think it's going to be much easier to navigate things when they feel connected. Right. Um, I think, you know, it's very easy to, to, to um, when you're feeling alone, to uh, confide too much in your children as your friends and maybe trying to share too much information. Mm. Um, and that's, that's just not fair for those kids. And, but you do need that. You need somebody to talk to. And that's why it's important to reach out um, for your own emotional health as well, because that's not your child's role to be right. that person for you. Um, and there are um, a lot of great therapists that are very helpful uh, in helping families work through, work through that situation. I mean, that they are, it's never easy. It's never easy. Even the most amicable um, separations and divorces are always hard on, on families. And so um, walking through that, um, taking advantage of the resources that are available to not only um, therapists or um, friends, but other resources, online um, support groups, um, books. I mean, there's, there are some great books. I, I think probably the last thing a parent going through a divorce has time for is reading a whole book. But I mean, there really are, there really are some good um, resources out there. Um, so I would encourage families to, to find those in that Very time. good. Thank you for sharing that. Yes, lots of good resources out there, but asking for help, if that means professional help, not being afraid to go that route too, because, mm -hmm. you know, it's uncharted territory and we, we aren't, don't have all the skills to navigate all of those situations, but to know right. that there are resources out there and it is okay to seek those out. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much, Carrie Jo. And so we're kind of moving towards now kind of the wrap up here. I will give you the opportunity to share anything else that you would like families to know um, or to share a quote or something to, of inspiration that we can kind of end our time together. With. Sure, sure. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the um, one of the things we are hearing a lot on from the online education uh, folks is the importance of setting up routines. And I do think that that's, uh, that is important um, because it gives uh, the children a sense of there's some control in their lives. There is something that they can expect 
and that they know what's going to happen. So there's value in that. But I, I also think that we don't need to be uh, slaves to that routine too, so that there can be flexibility within each day. So in our preschool schedules, we have everything scheduled in order, but some days group time might be three minutes and some days group time might be 10 because the interest is there. So having some flexibility within your daily schedule, I think is, is important during this time. Um, and, and making the time for those connections so that your kids know that they're seen and heard. Um, and I guess my, um, you know, my go-to um, quote for times such as these, my favorite quote, well, I love everything by Mr. Rogers, pretty much every quote <laughs> that he's ever said, um, I love. But I also really um, just put my trust in the, the verse from Romans chapter 5, verse 3. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us. Um, hope is that peace right now that um, we must trust in and know that things are going to be better, things are going to be different, um, but we, have, we can never let go of that hope, and that is really the key in, in any struggle and any change in our, in our time. Yeah. So look for, be hopeful, look for the rainbow, um, know that there is something on the other side of all of this, right? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. And thank yeah. you for sharing that scripture verse. I do appreciate that. Yeah, all right. You. So with that, we will close off this um, podcast. I want to thank again, Carrie Jo for, for being here, um, sharing her wisdom and her life experience. Thank you, Carrie Jo. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of supporting the mind body and hearts of families i do hope you know that you are not alone we are all navigating the storms of life if you need additional support or resources please make sure you are a member of our private facebook group rainbow tree supporting the mind body and hearts of families or please reach out to lisa haverly at rainbowtreeinfo@gmail.com. at gmail.com Thank you, and I hope to see you down the road.